Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Geologians. <laughs> I can't keep looking at that video. We are here today <laughs> to put the her and influence her. My name is yes, Summer Yeager, are. which has two hers in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And I was thinking about something on the way in. Okay. Because I almost saw a car accident happen in front of me. <clears throat> oh. Because this is Tempe, so. Well. Nobody drives with any regard for anyone. No. Um, yesterday, driving in Tempe, I saw a man that had just been hit by a, a bicyclist who'd just been hit by a car and was laying in the middle of rural road. Um, he moved, so okay. All right. Um, and people were helping him. I wasn't needed. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Rural and what? Right here in front of the pot belly. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, well, that's like... right. By ASU. That intersection is like one of the number one pedestrian car accidents. Yeah, because it's downtown. Uh, it's ASU. Yeah. It's there's so many. I, as and I because was, it's like not. It's kind of a weird intersection. Super weird so intersection. I think people like don't. I don't know. Well, I was just thinking about like in Tempe is a university town. Yeah. Right. And it's but it's so it's like cramped and there's all these people walking and mm-hmm. it's like amazing that more people. I was literally thinking it's amazing that more pedestrians don't get hit and that right. I saw a guy laying in the middle of the road <laughs> anyway all that to say <clears throat> because i almost saw an accident i thought about the car accident i was in in 2018 uh-huh. and then i think about that every once in a while and i'm like man that was four years ago yeah four, four years ago. ago this month wow anyway um well i was thinking about how so the, like i probably got to the er like 45 minutes or an hour after the initial crash mm-hmm. laid on the side of the road for a while emts police got there whatever so for an hour so what that means is <laughs> i had a lot of injuries but once i got to the er the nurse was like cleaning me up checking me out whatever yeah. and at one point she lifted up my hand my left hand mm-hmm. just to like show it to me which was the first time i realized that i had metal stuck in my sticking out uh-huh. of my wrist like I had a piece of metal just in my wrist and it was like inches coming yeah. out of my wrist and for you just had more important things to take care of for that for an hour minutes I had no hour. idea and then my wedding ring was in the shape of oh, a heart yeah. so my ring your finger yeah my ring finger was like four times the size of normal because I hadn't been getting any blood flow because my ring literally was in the shape of a heart yeah like onto my finger. So anyway, all that to say, I never felt that. It's pretty crazy. How is it? So like when we think about pain, you know, I, I, when you recall pain, you don't feel the pain again. You don't like feel it anew. Right. So like, so, oof, I know there's a few things. Well, where it's like, <laughs> you know, I can think about like labor and delivery and giving birth. And I remember that was very painful. Yeah. But when I think about, the car accident. I mean, my wrist was one of my like lesser injuries. Right. 
I have no memory of that. Like when I try to think about my hand being hurt, which mm-hmm. my hand was like impacted right. horribly, mm-hmm. I I didn't feel it. And I just, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Your body really is <laughs> uniquely designed to protect yourself. Well, and you were probably It was shock. shocking. The whole thing was shocking. <laughs> the whole thing was unbelievable. I don't even love talking about it because it's hard to. But then there's like, you know, there's layers. Like you can be in shock. You can experience shock. Like the actual physiological shock mm-hmm. without having any external injuries, injuries yeah. or any injuries. And then, but then there's, then you add like a layer of actually having injuries. And then you add a layer of your kids being there with you. I didn't know. Yeah. All, all I cared about so was like my in kids. In the moment, yeah. it's like, okay, I know what I need to check on regardless of yeah. if my body even should be moving. Right. <laughs> well, my MCL was torn. And I still climbed out my window and right. in the back seat to get my kids out of the, there because they were in car seats. They were both right. in five point harnesses that couldn't get themselves Which out. Which at the time on a good day, could you imagine yourself crawling out of your car window at all? No, I jumped out of my car window. <laughs> my car window wouldn't open because that's where my my door got hit. Right. Um, and yeah, there was no glass. It was all in me. Right. I had no idea. Yeah. Like the nurse was like picking little pieces of glass out of me. And I was like, I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> so yeah, I had to climb out the window and then I had to go around to the other side. And I was just like staring at, I just wanted to see that they were okay. Right. Like you don't know what to do. Right. But yeah, that whole, that whole thing, I had a torn MCL, a bunch of other stuff and I had metal and glass all stuck in my right side and I was bleeding and I had no idea. Like I had no clue that it's that was crazy. It's what? And I have no yeah. memory of the pain. I have no memory of the pain at all, which is just like weird to me that that isn't, that doesn't, my brain didn't even like. It wasn't. Record that. Right. Mm-hmm. That was not recorded. <laughs> that's great. I've almost, be, I want to be like, like, thanks Lord. That's oh, a yeah. cool little yeah. mechanism. That's that just you... an example of the complexity because sometimes you get hurt and you, you remember it. you're never forgetting that <laughs> no no but even then like it's i can't bring the back the pain right which i don't know pain and memory that the seems only, like an interesting the topic only physical I injury that really like causes me to like feel yeah is like maybe like a compound break or something where yeah. like some things i've never broken a bone that i know of I have, but okay. nothing that bad. Yeah. So just the the teeth in your shoulder. <laughs> well, yes, Why was I, I had... talking about that the other day? Um, Someone else had teeth in their shoulder. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh, I was like, who? yeah, I'm trying to remember and I we can't. Be my, I know my brain is useless, but For it was any... like in the same kind of area. Uh-huh. Well, that's yours. what like because there's a cavity like in certain okay. joint types, namely the ball and socket joint. There's like okay. a cavity where they can actually. Okay. Go and there's only a few joints. So it makes sense. In your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know if we did we tell or was that on Apologia? I think that was on Apologia that we Whoops. talked about the teeth. They're not really teeth, but people that are listening are gonna be like, "What?" <laughs> they like haven't hurt anyway. <laughs> That's it. I'm summer. They were like, oh my gosh, summer got into a car accident. <laughs> oh my gosh, joint <laughs> teeth in her shoulder. Oh, okay. Fast forward. Fast forward. <laughs> Just skip it. Trigger warning if you have a weird thing about teeth. 
or metal sticking or out of anything. your body yeah. after an injury. Yeah, this yep. was just a lovely way to start the show. Um, but you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I am Joy, and I would say I. The one thing you're not right about is that they weren't technically teeth. Okay. But and not even te- that's just, okay. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> do we do we try to have that conversation? After the limited information we've already given? No. It's more fun this way. <laughs> Let's leave it a mystery. <laughs> How about um, if any of you listening have have a weird tooth story? <laughs> 470-465-0475. You can leave us a voicemail. The other day, someone, one of our friends was like, you guys have a voicemail number? <laughs> yeah. I was like, Who was yeah, that? I, I don't know. I can't remember. But This is the story of my life. Right yeah. I don't know. I don't know what my excuse is. But, but... <laughs> you have a toddler. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Yeah. That's, that counts. She's pretty funny. She's hilarious mm-hmm. and big now. And talks and just. She does talk. Tells you everything. To do too. Mm-hmm. And her yeah, hair is long. Yeah, it blows me away how, yeah, how big, especially when her hair is down. So long. And it's long. She just looks so big, like grown up in a weird way. Yeah. She does look really grown mm-hmm. up. Except when she runs, then you see the toddler still. Yes. She has a toddler run still. The other day we were walking down the stairs and she was like, Mom, are you a cowboy? <laughs> Why did she ask that? Uh, probably because of Toy Story and okay. Woody and all that. Okay. And she's just, she says, the number one thing she says to people right now is, my name is Georgia. Oh. But then sometimes she will say a completely different name. <laughs> Like what? Like at dinner the other night, she introduced herself to someone and said, my name is Issa. <laughs> so like her friends. And okay. then this morning, she said, no, when did we watch Toy Story 4? Last night? I don't know. I love that movie. Great. So good. Great movie. Um, Not like Encanto. Anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, but she was, she said, she said, my name is Bo now. Oh. <laughs> I think that was really cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that about so her. She like changed. She was like, hmm, I just feel like going by Bo. Bo. That's a cute nickname. Which was a funny, before we knew that Georgia was a girl, we had people saying we should name a son Bo because of Bo Hunter. Oh, All okay. The play- There's yeah. already a Bo in my family, so it's so not it's happening. So it's too late. Can you, I was thinking the other day, like... Because I'm pregnant and have to think about names right. again, which, you know. And boy names are harder. Boy names are impossible. Because then they have to, like, grow up and be a man in their name and not yeah. just, like, it's okay if a girl is kind of. Yeah, it doesn't have to change. Cute and feminine yeah. forever, but. Well, but I, that got me thinking, like, <laughs> can you imagine, like, just naming your baby, like, a really super, like, adult name? And you're just like holding your baby and like showing him off. And you're like, this is my baby. Maybe that's why Todd. There's so many. <laughs> I have a cousin named Todd. But like. So at some point look, he was baby Todd. Todd. He was baby Todd. But like Todd. Or just like. Well, my thought was like Richard. But I have a Richard. brother named Richard. But I guess that's the. Maybe that's why uh, they all have names are so prevalent you can't, nowadays. What, Todd. What would you even, or just like, this is my baby 
Martha. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's like Martha, like, but you're two months old. Right. I don't know. It's just. Close your eyes. Think of Martha. It's not a baby. It's not that's a baby. That's, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> it's not a baby. It's somebody who could come redecorate your house really well. Like, you know. <laughs> Are you referring to Martha Stewart? I guess. Stewart. Stewart. How about Stewart? <laughs> this is my baby, Stewart, spelled E W. Stewart. <laughs> but, like, that happens. No offense. We're offending people already. Are we? Well, to all our Marthas and our Stewarts and our. I don't think it's offensive. Richards. I think that they, they know that it was weird that they were a two year old. Right. Well, at one point, there was a lot of. Like six month Donna. old Barbara's Barbara, <laughs> even Barb, even Barb is not a six month old name. Marge, yeah, Marge. Too. My, my mom's name is Linda. This is my baby so Marge. Linda also doesn't strike me totally as like a. These are just adult names. These are full grown right. adult names, right? And yeah, I've just been thinking a lot about like you can't. I can't do that. Yeah. Um. Obviously, at some point. My husband. Uh, uh, names like change. So I guess that means at some point Barbara seemed like a name for, but it's just changed. It's not that way anymore. No. Um, sorry about my allergies, everybody. Um, or whatever this is. No one knows what this is. <laughs> what am I going through? I can't tell. Um, Eric, uh, I thought he was joking, but he really likes the name Stonewall. <laughs> also my face <laughs> because of like quotes uh-huh and things <laughs> and then he told my dad that he likes that name oh mm-hmm. and my dad was like all about it because my dad's a because <laughs> my dad's like a civil war yeah junkie he knows all the everything of and, course um all the world wars and civil all the war the u.s if the u.s was involved in a war my dad could tell you the whole story from start to finish from memory in his sleep. So anyway, you know, if it has to do with, if it was like Churchill, he would be like, great name. Right. <sighs> Maybe not. Maybe not that guy. <coughs> Moral yeah. of the story is, mm-hmm. now you know how hard we're struggling right now. <laughs> <laughs> to come up with a... Yeah. Oh, I'm I having a boy. It. I haven't said that. I'm having a boy. Oh, yeah. So, you know. Yay. It's weird, man. We'll see what uh, name you guys come up with. Not Churchill or Stonewall or any like <laughs> random nouns put in one word. Yeah. Random noun names. <laughs> yeah. I'm I mean, good. we have noun names. We but do. But not like compound and names. They're, they're not random. They're well, not. Where, do you have joy in your family? Is that like a name in your family? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a, mm-hmm. I think, she, I don't know how many greats she would be oh. to me, but. Okay. And my mom, my mom told me once, I always wanted my name to be Joy. <laughs> and <laughs> her middle name was you. Joyce. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, my grandma's. Did you ever have a name you wanted to be named? Yeah. I always kind of liked Joy, but. No, I really did not like my name growing up. I can't remember why. Um, or did you have any horrible like names you loved as a kid? Yeah, that yes. What are what are they? I can't remember any of mine right now, but I know I have them. 
Um, I petitioned my parents at the age of six or seven to change my first name to Shelly and my middle name to Free Willy. So, <laughs> so. all I can say is thank goodness you they did weren't not. born 20 years later because yeah. your name would be Shelly Free Willy. <laughs> I could have taken them to court over it with the help of the public school system. Oh, I did like the name Charlotte. I like the name Charlotte. Because I was really, I was quite obsessed with the book, The True Confessions of Charlotte Doyle. Never heard of it. And um, the cover is like very classic. She's like on a boat in this blue dress and her hair is like all. And you were like, that's me. Windswept. (laughs) And I just loved the book and read it multiple times and was like, Charlotte. That is a fantastic book cover. By the way, a follow-up on <laughs> Lily's Crossing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is that um, loved it. And Clementine is like 15 chapters in. Wow. Because she saw me reading it and just decided she was going to read it as well. And she's well, that's great. really enjoying so it. So now you can officially recommend it? I can. Yeah, I can recommend it. There's lessons to be learned. Let's put it that way. And Clementine loves it. So, you know, anytime I feel like you can get your kid invested in reading, yeah, you should just, you know, feed mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Just, just so you guys it. know, my most favorite name, kid's name ever, yeah. before Georgia, uh. was for a very long time Clementine. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Yeah. We met and became friends, yeah. and I was like, well... I, I took that. There's actually... I was holding that with a loose hand. <laughs> We actually, uh, there's a couple boy names that I would absolutely be like really pushing for, but they're already in the church. So, well, I'm already- and, like my friends already use this name. Which- there's so many kids being born at the church <laughs> all the time that you're like, okay, just you have to be real tight lipped yeah. about the names you like because someone might hear it and be like, what? Yeah. I have, I have a name. We have a name. We're this close. Okay. So I'll tell you later because it might not be the name, but I really. Not Stonewall though. No, Mm-mm, my poor husband. It's not Stonewall. <laughs> and it will never be. It just cannot be. I can't. I I don't know if I could explain it <laughs> like, logically, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have to be explained, does it? Right. But we think you we... Go by Wally. <laughs> Wally. Oh, no, it would be Wally. Oh, oh that's bad. Someone out there has named their infant Wally. <laughs> oh, I know. I know a Walter. <laughs> so and anyway. he goes by Wally. You have to. So that's what happens. Um, so yeah, anyway, we're getting close and I, we're getting close, but it's hard. Boys names are just really difficult. Yeah. Well, okay. now we gave everyone listening a few options of what it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I told I don't remember I told somebody oh I told Taryn the name we were thinking of because she was asking about it and she said I've never heard that before but it's not weird and that's, well, that's not made what, up that's why boys names are hard because you want to give them a name that's unique that, like yeah that yeah. helps them stand out a little bit in the crowd but you yeah. also don't want to go so unique that you that it's not like, like a masculine name yeah or it's just like you know, you name your son after some weird like object in the sky or something like that's just not I know people would do that, you know, it <laughs> right. just mm-hmm. let's not do that. Anyway, you can leave us a voicemail <laughs> with baby boy name recommendations at 470-465-0475. 
Don't even get me started on baby boy clothes. Ugh. Um, I just would rather die than put a small infant in a shirt with a like plastered on construction <laughs> thing. Like, oh, just kill me. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you know it's possible <coughs> and almost likely that I will. That your son will like trucks like and. Trucks. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, you know what? Well, it's when, just a thing that when he I can just put his own shirt totally on. To. <laughs> when he can put his own shirt on, he can do that. So <laughs> I'm just imagining your tiny, tiny son like volunteering to do jobs around the house so that he can buy a shirt with a tractor on it because <laughs> you won't. <laughs> I'm all about the the masculine you should dress your kids in accordance with their gender i'm not here for gender neutral clothing right but i do think it's funny some of the things we put why do we put these items on boys clothes why is it those things or just like every girl's shirt now is like cute but sassy yeah it just says cute but sassy on it or like i can do anything strong like my grandma yeah (laughs) like Dressing Capitalism your daughter femininely. Is not good for everything. Yeah. <laughs> it, why? Anyway, okay. All right. I guess we should yeah. get to our. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this the... is this is it, though. This is this is it. <sighs> I gotta tell you, <laughs> maybe I already told you that I was so relieved to not have another feminist to talk about after our last week, yes. and then like just start working on what I want to tell for my feminist true crime, right? And I was like, this is going to be so much easier and lighthearted. And then, <laughs> and my Which story. We always say things like that and just don't listen to us. If we ever say the words Light, like lighthearted, easy. easier. We didn't mean it. We have, we're, we have no idea what we're talking about. Well, but then Because my... apparently we're just way too casual about hard things yeah well then i when i started reading about my story it was like it it's so much eugenics involved and it's so awful and sad and i was just like this is not lighter it's all horrible (laughs) important important history really interesting history that i'm learning right now about our nation but irregardlessly um not light reading So anyway, but that's what's next. So Joy is wrapping up the fourth wave mm-hmm. for us. And then we are going to tell some feminist true crime stories. And then we are going to, we don't even know yet. We should start really back to our regular more, programming. Yeah. But Which I'm like, do I even remember how to do the episodes we normally do? No, it'll be interesting. But we should, we need to plan some. I'm realizing. Yeah. We need to get <laughs> right a list this going. second. Okay. Anyway, let's do it. All right. I'm I was ready. very relieved when I finished my notes last night. And then, of course, <coughs> I was like, all I have to do is present these. And then, wow, we did it. Done. Okay, so, man, I knew the fourth wave was going to be really hard to pick for me. Yep. Um, I knew that from yep. the beginning. Yes. <laughs> the beginning of December, when we knew these were coming, I was like, yeah. Man, I really hope that fourth waiver comes through and I figure out like how <laughs> I want to do this. Because ultimately, we're telling the story of feminism 
like through the people the people yeah so you can't just use any person because you're trying to like convey a certain yeah information right but um and then I, I think the, uh, the big reason why the fourth wave is so hard is because it's so much like represented in large groups. It's like the yes. it's like the fruit of the activism is kind of everywhere you look, you see feminism. Like that's kind of the point. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the point of it in general. And then the third wave is like more inclusion, that kind of thing. It's yeah. Um, and so I don't, I don't really think of a lot of individuals when it comes to the fourth wave. And I think a big part of that is social media and um, Mm -hmm. that really what represents the fourth wave is sort of the collective. And we haven't ever had a way to Mm. be, we haven't really ever had an opportunity for collective activism on the scale that we have it now without social media. Yeah. So I think you can just mobilize quickly, right? You don't have to like write a book and then everyone publish can it and then express their opinion. There's you don't have instant. to become a journalist. You don't. Yeah. You don't have to come from a family of feminists. You right. can just go on social media for ninety minutes a day from ages eleven to sixteen, and yeah. there you are. You're mobilized. You know. Yeah. Um. So um. I guess what I figured is that you study, uh, you do a character study of the fourth wave by looking at a social media influencer. For sure. Um, and so maybe I'm crazy for doing this, but my fourth wave feminist is Lizzo. You did it. <laughs> I did it. Um, I think you're going to be able to justify that pretty well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not worried at all. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just a few things about Lizzo. She has, uh, twenty one point two million followers on TikTok, which is actually not. I think Did like you say twenty one point two. Yes, million. Yeah, I think uh the number one influencer on TikTok has like a hundred and something, thirty something. I think it's what's her name? Um, no idea. Charlie D'Amelio. She was one of like okay. the first ones that was doing the dances. Okay, so she's super she's famous. She's really young, right? Yeah, she's like she a was, teenager. I think she was. I don't think she's a minor oh. currently, but okay. I think she may have been when she started. Okay, um, but so, um, still twenty one million. Yeah, well, and there's a pretty significant jump. Like the top one hundred, I would say, a lot of those include, like followers similar to that okay so like there is kind of a big jump it's not like yeah anyway um so she and she has 11.9 million on instagram i think she has like 2 million on twitter so she has a very very significant following i also just wanted to say to keep in mind um that 60 percent of tiktok users are between the age of 16 and 24 wow and 60 percent of tiktok users are female Okay, so this is a young ladies app. Yes. In mm-hmm. for the most part. And the research shows that that people in that age bracket spend an average of I think like 80 to 90 minutes per day on TikTok. I think that a lot of people spend a lot more time on that. It's just That's the there's average. an average, you know. So for people that are able to just <laughs> swipe a few times, I guess and get bored. 
So it's easy to lose a lot of time on TikTok. So Lizzo is a singer, right? Yeah. That's what so, she yeah. got For those of for. you who do not know who she is at all, okay. she's a famous recording artist. She's somewhat recently famous, though she's been like doing stuff and trying to break into the industry for, for probably time. like 12 years, but um, is more recently famous. I think maybe even like 2018, 2019, she became famous. Okay. Um, so she is a recording artist. She's a singer. She's a classically trained flutist, which um, I learned in an interview with her that it's not flautist. It's flutist. <laughs> I am here for that yes. because flautist just makes me think of flautas. <laughs> right. Which makes me hungry. Um, and then obviously she's a social media influencer. Um, so, and it's, I think it's very possible that you've heard some of her music. She was just, she yeah, had music in a Super Bowl commercial. Okay. Her music is viral. A lot of her viral TikTok sounds are her music. Oh. What I'm saying is, even if you don't know who she is, you if I heard some of okay. her stuff, you'd probably be like, oh, I do know who that is, but we're not going to play any of it because a lot of it is not appropriate. Okay. Um, like, don't go listen. We're not recommending this. <laughs> no. and okay. But, you know, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, she's obviously a talented singer. She's okay. classically trained. Okay. She plays flute, like, in her shows, in her music, and she is, she's good. Like, I'm not going to say she's She has no not, talent or right. skill whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think, I mean, you know, so um, she's won multiple Grammys, and she's 33 years old. Oh. So here we okay. are. Okay. I'm not quite in the 33 club yet. Almost. This month. But I will be this month. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I kind of picked her because she happens to represent um, like multiple intersections that the modern movement wants to bring awareness to. Um, so she's black. She's body positive. Or she would even say she's fat. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, she that's... is sort of indiscriminate in her sexual preferences. She's female. She's a proponent for self-love. Basically what I'm saying is she's a poster child for intersectional feminism. Yeah. Um, she's very outspoken, which is why I chose her. Right. Um, looking at her, you, I mean, she, it's just like every other influence influencer. Not everything she does is involving the intersections. Sure. She does like what I eat in the days. She does workout stuff. She does uh, a lot of what she does is dance. Wearing not a lot of clothing. <laughs> um, but um, so she's I mean, basically, I picked her because she's just a representation of what's pretty much happening. Yeah. All across social media, specifically TikTok and Instagram. Um, she and has a new TV show coming out. Yes. Watch mm-hmm. out for the big girls. Yes. Uh, is this... Anyway, I'll let you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So something that I was thinking about, just not necessarily so much specifically with Lizzo, but just sort of in general, what I was thinking about when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to say about the fourth wave. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about Second Timothy 4, 3 and 4. Okay. For the time has come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. So, yeah, here we go. Okay. 
this is what we're doing. We're tu- are we turning aside to myths? Yeah, and I'm just we- I'm just basically saying like we some of the people uh, and maybe if you're a certain age you won't totally understand this. But some of the most influential people right now are not academic feminist writers. They are people who who share what I eat in a day, they do a dancing video, they do a that TikTok is a challenge. Really interesting. And then the next yeah. and then every fourth video actually is some sort of activism. Yeah. Or sometimes maybe it's not even that common, but you do know what they believe. Yeah. Um, and they represent what the world now would call as like an ally. Um, and so kind yeah. of their brand, like when you're an influencer, you are your brand. And um that is yeah. it is especially for that demographic that 16 to ages 16 to 24 yeah that it, and i'm gonna go ahead and say less than 16 um basically if you're under 16 and you're on tiktok i'm gonna say you fall into that category but i think for that age group social media influencers is one of the most influential things they come into contact with yeah in their day-to-day yeah life well and it's like think about it this way are the average is the average 16 year old that's spending an hour and a half a day on TikTok? are they spending an hour and a half a day with their parents in you know like i don't mean sitting next to i mean like and are you they spending an hour and a half a day engaged with their parents right i really doubt it right um especially if they're in public school they don't even have the time right so then it's likely that a lot of kids are more engaged with influencers on these apps right than people in real life necessarily yeah um so it is a huge there's a reason why they call them influencers right (laughs) yes okay so i'm the way that i kind of did this was to just sort of like break down like the intersections or types of activism that she sort of represents yeah so um, I want to talk about body positivity and self-love. I just, can we, I want to pause. Okay. Because what you pointed out, like I knew, but is really sitting with it's me. It's kind of Which exploding. is just that so far, if we, as we looked through the first wave and the second wave and the third wave, we were mainly looking at academics, mm-hmm. scholars, writers, people who... Because that's what you had to get your opinion heard. You had to be that. You had to put in like work first. Right. And go to a prestigious college. And yeah. And a lot of times that just meant that you were connected. Right. W- right. I, yeah. Which we not totally that, grant. Yes. I'm not saying whatever. But it's just interesting to me that. And so because for generations, especially since the 60s, we've been telling everybody, get a college degree, get a college degree, get a college degree. But the thing yeah. is, is if everybody has a college degree, it cheapens the worth of the college degree. Right. We already know, you know, when I was. 21 uh managing a starbucks i was making a salary and a lot of the people that were working hourly for minimum wage below me were people older than me with a college degree right uh so it's interesting what's happened to the idea of an academic it's it's interesting what's happened to the idea of who should have influence mm-hmm. um and you're totally right like one of the difficulties of picking someone from the fourth wave was just that we don't pick influence the way that we used to Mm -mm. and it's entirely driven now by social media right and i at the flip side of that i think is that some of it's good like i don't necessarily think just because you 
got a degree from Stanford or Berkeley that you're worth listening to. That's mm-hmm. not the argument that we're making on well, the flip side. We can't because in a weird way, we fall into this category. We have a podcast. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you, we bring anybody information, can have a podcast. <laughs> like when we bring information to this, these microphones, there is some assumption on our end that people want to hear sure. what we're going to say. So there isn't, yeah. it's not just that like, I never assume that. <laughs> <laughs> that might be why <laughs> this doesn't stress me out at all. Right. <laughs> but I get right. what you're saying. Right. Like just, so there, so on the one hand, I'm not saying that everybody you listen to should have a certain kind of degree or should have a certain right. pedigree or academic history. Cause that's not true. But what I am saying is that you pointed out something incredibly true about our society now, which is that social media is King. Mm-hmm. Like whoever is being watched on social media has the most influence. And that has not always been true. Right. We don't even know the, impact of that yet but I don't think it can be understated and it's kind of like what I was talking about last week where really the only thing we can point to with the explosion of girls becoming trans in that same TikTok Mm -hmm. age bracket by the way yes is social contagion which is perpetuated mainly through use of social media yep which is why we keep telling you guys to not have your kids on social media. Which is media. why I keep telling you to keep your kids off social media. <laughs> anyway, all right. That's ultimately I'm not your boss. Right. <laughs> okay. So um according to Lizzo, <laughs> self-love and body positivity is at least from what I can ascertain it's apparently documenting yourself half or fully naked wow (laughs) dancing emphasis on twerking yeah standing looking at yourself in the mirror yeah um i do want to go ahead and say that a lot of what i see with the body positivity movement and self-love is simply behavioral modification it is the continual repetition over time of Things you're trying to convince yourself to believe, which is very common um, in a world that denies God and his laws in existence. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the most you can ever hope to do as a sinner is to modify your behavior. Um, So that makes, I mean, it makes perfect sense. But uh, I'm going to try to, uh, like we did with our other episodes, just try to kind of speak in her words. Yeah. this quote might require a little bit of explaining because it's very conversational. (laughs) Um, So um, she said in reference to her almost constant nudity, specifically, this was a, um, an album cover. She's naked, Um, but like covered, but barely covered. But you know, anyway, horrible. Um, She said, so where there was a wave of feminism where we were burning bras. Now I'm like, my bra is in your face. And I think that is just a testament to human beings and how we evolve. I think that the wave of feminism right now that's overtly sexual and in your face, I think, is just a response to where we were. Like, I'm going to wear a suit and I'm going to boss up on you. And you know what I'm saying? Like, boss up. You can't tell me what to do type vibes. Now it's like, no, 
I'm going to tell you what to do. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so it's not burning bras anymore. It's here is my bra. Wow. That's um gr- it's gross. Right. It's just it and that's like a that's like the lie of the positivity movement honestly yeah is number one it's not very positive it's all like i'm the boss now you listen to me i saw a picture today of uh someone was selling a t-shirt and it says i'm a black woman shut up and listen that's not a positive message for listening to black women like this is all negative like i'm shutting you down right while i am the boss right like that's not a positive movement and then the same thing with body positivity where it's like instead of like there is actually no empowerment in what she's doing well and it also changes it's it's very weird because it's almost like the only expression of femininity that exists now is being naked right which is wouldn't you think that's like what the toxic patriarchy was would want well that's we, it's interesting because we saw that shift. We saw that shift in feminism where if they were going to follow their own logical conclusion, they had to stop making opinion statements about what women do with their bodies. Right. So you couldn't say that objectifying yourself yeah. was not feminist anymore because yeah. what's actually feminist is letting you do whatever you want. If you're a female. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Okay. So being naked sticks it to the man but it also teaches you to love yourself which is necessary because we live in a fat intolerant country fat phobia is also based on racism because we use caucasian stats to create systems of health measurement like bmi also we have so this is you're going to go ahead and see obviously i'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with like systemic oppression um fat phobia or i guess somewhat linked to body positivity um, is basically the idea that this, this society that we live in was built for skinny people to live in and not fat or overweight people. I, where do I even go with that? It's just another type of oppression that has been found, discovered (laughs) and you know, not everything that I, I don't, I, uh, in a way, there are certain things that maybe some people from these movements would say, like, I don't think you can tell if someone is healthy or unhealthy necessarily just by looking at them. Sure. I also don't think you should judge people based off of their outward appearances. Sure. You can't say like you are a certain BMI, so you're in sin and need to be held right. accountable. Because you don't know that. Right. Um, But they also say really crazy things like we were talking about. Yeah. People who say there is no difference in health in health. <laughs> right. Between in, somebody who's morbidly obese and somebody who's not. Right. We just know that that's not true. Right. And I also think it's something important to remember with weight is just like uh, there are, of course, you don't know why someone is overweight. Like you don't know. Um, could it be due to sin? Yeah. Could it be due to chronic health issues? Yeah. Um, but you don't know, here's the thing. You don't know if they're still in sin. Right. And what I mean by that is you can't assume when you see an overweight person that they're in sin because, glutton. because <coughs> if they are overweight because they were overeating, 
but they have confessed and repented and they're no longer engaged in sin and they're right with God, then you don't get to go, oh, they're in sin. Right. Because you don't know that. And that's how simple, that's how really how simple it is. Right. Um, And you don't have to like live like you're still in sin if you're not. And it's like, oh, until I'm thin, I'm in sin. Right. Um, But, <coughs> sorry. Um, To say, yeah, I follow somebody on Twitter who she says she's like a fat positive influencer mm-hmm. or whatever. And she talks all the time about how like her tweets are legitimately insane. It's like, I'm the healthiest person that I know. Like she's in a wheelchair because she can't walk because she's so overweight. Yeah. And her whole Twitter is her trying to convince the world that she's healthier than everybody. Um, and in it's, herself. it's delusion. It's delusion. Yeah. That's yeah. just all that right. there is to it. Right. And so that, yeah, I do. I mean, it's hard. Some of these things, there is obviously truth woven in, <laughs> I mean, we've touched that on that. We've touched on that multiple times during this entire series, which is that like there's not an inherent disagreement with everything. And of course, we believe that you can make like you can still make accurate observations. It's usually the solutions that are wrong. Right. If the observation's right, the solution's wrong. Right. Typically within feminism. Right. But so she believes she believes that, um, like I said, like there is a systemic intolerance towards fat people and they are inherently viewed as less because of the way that our culture is set up um and obviously being on social media is only going to bolster that opinion because there's a lot of people who are just horrid anonymously or not not anonymously anonymously. (laughs) (laughs) um Okay, but anyway, so in regards to self-love, she said, I take self-love very seriously, and I take it seriously because when I was younger, I wanted to change everything about myself. I didn't love who I was, and the reason I didn't love who I was is because I was told I wasn't lovable by the media, by people at school, by not seeing myself in beauty ads, by not seeing myself in television, by lack of representation. So basically, it is the world, it is society who tells you what you are, and if society has it wrong then they're telling who you are you're telling you who you are wrong and you need to like fight that in order to find out who you really are and to really love yourself as you exist um and why don't we agree with that <laughs> where do i even get started well and that's the pro- that's the problem with basing your self-worth on ever changing standards right because we all right. know that what people like and enjoy and find attractive is all based on fleeting desires, which, which go away. And, you know, that's one of the most freeing things I think for Christians is that we have a standard of what is good and beautiful and true and what gives us worth that is not dependent on how many commercials we see where we're quote unquote represented. It's not dependent on, um media or the dolls we play with like we have a standard that's so much it's unshakable and unchanging right. and it's not up for popular vote right and and it does have something to say about the health of your body and health and yeah you yeah. know and, and how and you how you feel about yourself and all th- that this is just 
feeling that way is just a result of casting off God as the standard of. Well, she said, she tweeted, self-hate is years of internalized programming from external influences. But it's not. Yeah. So basically, (laughs) you give your behavior modification time to take effect. And all the while, your heart is unchanged. And the idea that you can only love yourself by deconstructing all that society has taught you about how unlovable you are. And... uh, of course, there's no real standard of goodness and love, and it can't actually be defined by them. Um, but I mean, in my mind, let's just call self-love what it really is, which is the glorification of self and the rationalization of sin. Yeah. You're not right with God. Yep. And so instead of being right with him, you have to create a world. You have to make yourself right in some other way. Right. Um. Um, so whatever I feel like is good, however, yeah. I define goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I did find some very interesting quotes. Well, I'll get to it in a sec, but I found some interesting articles. One of them was titled like how people like Lizzo and Kanye are making it cool to believe in God again. What? Um, and then she claims to believe in God. We'll get into it in a sec. Okay. Um, but then there was a female youth pastor in Louisville, Kentucky that said, who doesn't want to talk about Lizzo these days? Her message of self-love, self-preservation and self-empowerment is relevant in all ways. Why should a church setting be exempt from the beauty of her wisdom and life experiences? The new city church in Minneapolis said, uh, the things that society has said are dirty or shameful are actually where we encounter God the most. Lizzo is trying to show us that the things we have to be worried about are not sexual purity, being afraid of our bodies, are not hatred of fatness. It is denying how beloved by God we actually are. And I just felt like I needed to put that in there because that is the um, nominal Christian response to the importance of self-love and even body positivity, mm. which is that if you can just remember how valuable God thinks you are, then you'll be great. <sighs> <laughs> so to some extent, like we agree that when your identity is rooted in Christ and you understand your position in relation to God, that is when you're going to find things like peace, happiness. <laughs> um, but but the gospel isn't about how valuable we are. It's right. about how valuable God is. Right. Because that's what we need to value. And we already value ourselves. It's admitted. And that's the thing is we bec- you can we because of we, the way that we um, label things nowadays. A lot of times we've we use modern psychology to um, sort of label and define the ways that we think. Um, we, I'm trying to think of how I want to put this. Um, we think we're just all like trauma addicted. Oh yeah. We are just constantly, Oh mercy. we're so aware of the things that have victimized us. Oh. And we're in a way, in a way it's like, We are so aware of how sinful the world is, but we've made it about us. Yes. (laughs) And, and, um, that's, I was, yes. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a book 
that I keep seeing um, being passed around on social media and uh, Book Talk is obsessed with it. And it's called The Mountain Is You. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I heard something about that somewhere. Yeah. It's super positive right now. Yeah. And what's so interesting is it's all about total depravity and how to be made right, right. except they don't use those words because mm-hmm. they're not Christians and it's all psychobabble. Right. And they call it self-sabotage. They call mm-hmm. sin self-sabotage. Yes. And what's really interesting to me is how many people are like, I'm finally viewing things correctly yeah. when they start acknowledging that they are the problem. Right. Like the mountain is right. you. The problem is you. Right. The problem is within you. Now, the solution is not they know, a bunch of internal work. But they know they need a savior. <laughs> right. The book sets yes. you up to be your own savior. Yes. But they. But the thing that everybody's like, this is so true and it changes the way I view everything is right. the acknowledgement that they're broken and they need saving. Right. And it's like, yeah, man. Yeah. This is a great. These people are primed for evangelism. Right. Yes. Primed yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Well, OK. So then I guess I'll just mo- I wanted to move on. Um, I was kind of connecting these two things because I think closely related to self-love is her sort of like spiritual positivity beliefs. Yeah. So she was raised in a Christian home. I don't know a lot about like the theology of the Christian home. Okay. But she does have, I think, grandparents that started a church. Um, Okay. And she said there were interviews where she said things like, um, like her grandmother prayed for all of her grand for her all of her kids and all of her grandkids, and so we've been protected and blessed wherever we go. Okay. So she has, she would claim to have a belief in God yeah. and maybe even something resembling a type of Christianity that she legitimately saw practiced in a church. Okay. Um, but. I think mainly what she believes in is positivity, which of course is sort of like law of attraction, new age type stuff. Um, She has sort of a, as far as I can tell, I I can't really tell her involvement in it, but obviously she subscribes to astrology in some way. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, And like good vibes. It's everyone. It's a prerequisite. Right. Um, and, and she kind of just believes that like, if what you put out into the universe is positive and good, then that's what you're supposed to be. That's sort of the goal, you know? So I have a few tweets of hers here. Um, on Valentine's day this year, she said, when you think of love, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Romance. I think of compassion, laughing all night with friends, dancing for myself in the mirror, redefine what being in love looks like help a stranger call a friend hype yourself up i pray you attract the love you deserve what does that even okay okay um that's boring yeah and then (laughs) she had this is i'm pretty sure this is uh well i know this is a lyric to one of her songs but she said if you love me you love all of me you don't get to pick and choose we should be unconditionally loving of one another Start starting with being unconditionally loving to ourselves. Take a moment today and think about the conditions we cling to. Free yourself in love. You deserve it. I have a question for the people that say this kind of garbage. Would you tell um, like a child rapist in jail any of this? Yeah. W- I know. Would you? 
Well, okay, and so that what would you? We're gonna give you guys a little bit of a spoiler when we get back to business as usual at Theologians. We do have one episode picked up. <laughs> we do, and yeah. that's why I wasn't totally getting into it here. Yeah. Um, but it's flattery. It's on flattery, and how um, because of the sort of weird theology of positivity we have in our culture, what you'll see a lot of times is people spreading positivity by just straight up lying. What they're doing is they're curating a positive message and then sending it out. And this is happening yeah. almost exclusively on social media, just so you know. Yeah. Um, they curate this message that's yeah. something to the effect of you're beautiful, you're awesome, you are you're killing perfect. it today, your hair looks great. Yeah. So it's everything from like somewhat believable and plausible to like, how do you know what my hair looks like? Um, like right. maybe I'm... <laughs> Like maybe I haven't brushed my hair yet today and I'm seeing this TikTok. So what does that mean? It means they don't actually, it's not a message made for you. It is a generic message of positivity. And there is some belief that that will heal the world. If we can just all be nice. Yes. But let me just tell you that when you, when you say something to someone that you don't actually know is true and it's not actually heartfelt and meaningful, What you're doing is you're lying. You're manipulating them. Right. To actually feel a certain way about you. Right. That's all I'll say right now. Anyway, that actually on that note, that's a great, that's, that's a great way to sum it up. (laughs) Um, Okay. So the next part that I wanted to get into sort of the next part of her like influencer brand is of course, sexuality. Uh Uh-huh. Here Um, we go. And this is all really just all her quote, her, her words. So she said, in the future, we're going to be like this binary box we were put in was really restricting. I was raised in a world where you only had a few options and you chose that option. I, of course, lean heterosexual. She says something in the next sentence that's not terribly appropriate, so I'm going to skip it. Um, But she says, but I also think... It's unfair. She basically talks about a part of the body that she prefers, which she does prefer. Not that it matters. Men. She, I think she mainly would say she's heterosexual. Okay. Um, so she basically says, I like this. Um, but I also think it's unfair to the human existence to limit the spectrum of what you're capable of sexually. There is no limit (laughs) to what you're capable of sexually. And that's th- that's not a good thing. Right. <laughs> that's not it just that just goes to show how depraved the yeah, world that's, is. That's total depravity. Yep. Yes. People can be perverted. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But like we just say it now. Right. We're just out about it. Well, because if you want to love yourself and you are perverse, you have to convince yourself in the world it's that okay. it's not it's perverse. Good. It's, normal. it's good. And it's if anything, you are liberated and more aware of your humanity. Yeah. Okay. Another quote. When it comes to sexuality or gender, I don't personally ascribe to just one thing. I cannot sit here right now and tell you I'm just one thing. That's why the color, which I'm sorry, but let's take a moment to think about how silly it is for a woman to not be able to tell an interviewer what she is (laughs) and what she likes. Because it's not woke to do (laughs) that. She says, that's why the colors for LGBTQ plus are a rainbow, because there's a spectrum. And right now we try to keep it black and white. That's just not working for me. Okay. 
So this um, is woke madness, right? But the this inclusivity is, supposedly right. of any perversion, any a, 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 everything goes. Is these where are we're what at. these are the teachers that we're asking for, though. Yeah, this well, is they, how they, we like our ears yeah. tickled. Yeah, mm-hmm. at, especially sixteen ages, sixteen to twenty-four females. Yeah. Um. So she's obviously what our culture refers to as an ally, like I said before. Um, but she's not shy about her own sexuality. Um, this is kind of a key characteristic of the fourth wave feminist, one who's transparent about her escapades, her lady parts, her proclivities, whatever. She's not shy. She's talking about it. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, she also said, lately, I've been all I about... I wish they wouldn't. I know. <laughs> lately. Well, and even like their mindset behind that is that Someone told them, society told them that they shouldn't be talking about their genitalia. They should keep it private. So in order to dismantle systemic oppression, you need to do the opposite, which is tell everyone how your lady parts are doing. (sighs) And what they're doing. And uh, yeah. So she said, she also said, lately, I've been all about erasing boxes just kicking them all out. Like even with heterosexual monogamy, look at those two boxes that the whole of mankind has been forced to fit inside by mainstream media. No, uh, this is what happened. (laughs) When we wanted to say that there's no difference between men and women, this is what we got. I'm sorry, but the whole of humankind, this is what we got. So like, Back before this is what we there got. were newspapers and printing presses and stuff, you're telling me that society at one point was forcing no heterosexual monogamy. No. That has just been <laughs> They don't even talk about like animals this way. Because the powers that be have not <laughs> the powers that be, especially wicked powers that be, have never really been that committed to heterosexual monogamy. No, they really just gonna haven't. go ahead and say that. No, they don't. But also, if heterosexual heterosexual monogamy is a trend, it is the most widespread, long-standing trend that has ever existed. And without it, in the whole, nothing would exist in the whole now. earth. In the whole earth, <laughs> among all kinds of insects, mammals, before TikTok, <laughs> before TikTok. <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, sorry. (laughs) So getting rid of those two boxes would be incredible. I think the more that we understand each other, the easier it is to stick together. And I think a lot of the misunderstandings make it hard. So if everyone could just understand how heterosexual monogamy is a social construct influencing, like it's you're being influenced by the mainstream media to be a heterosexual monogamist. Heterosexuality be, is not a construct. It's not. It's the natural it is necessary for for life. Well, and here's the thing: is even if you deny God, if you deny God, you can't talk this about is how foolish we've gotten. heterosexuality this way because only those that can uh, prolong their genetic sequence through having children and passing on their genes are valuable. Like in a materialistic worldview, it's. O- like the gays don't have any say. They're actually like they're mistakes. they're going to be gone soon. Yeah, so they don't even matter. Right. <laughs> this is silly. Yeah. Okay. 
So I think that's probably enough um, quotes on sexuality yeah, to let on. you know uh, how she's representative of the fourth wave. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to get into race and CRT. Just a little light yes. portion. I was hoping you would. So she's um, a BLM proponent. She believes in white privilege and uh, systemic oppression of black people. She spoke out during the riots in support of defunding the police. Um and stating that and stated that the police institution is inherently racist. Um, she said, White people, this is your daily reminder that as long as you stay silent, you are a part of the problem. Yeah, of course. I know you're not a racist, but you have to do more than you have to be more than that. You have to be anti racist. On a separate occasion, she said, Putting BLM in your bio and posting a black square is no longer the bare minimum. You have to do an intentional act of anti-racism. Have you donated to bail out a black protester? Have you bought from any person of color today? Have you seen anyone getting harassed for the color of their skin and intentionally went over there and stopped it? Have you educated yourself? This is the new bare minimum. So the new bare minimum is an intentional act of anti-racism, which involves, okay. which involves you going to a black business um bailing someone out of jail who's a who is has she references a few different people Options. of color she says she talks about um black people and she talks about asians um and i'm gonna go ahead and, and she didn't s- talk about the native americans <laughs> she's well, hardly an anti-racist <laughs> but so i'm the reason i wanted to point out these very specific things is that they are very topical. The moments when she spoke out about this stuff is when there were moments um, of racism being done against specific groups that every other media outlet was talking about. Okay, so yeah. So it's not so much... Like, so this is the thing about the influencer that you have to keep in mind. They are a brand, uh, and they are acting a particular way yeah. To affect your perception of them. Yeah. Just as much as you are perceiving them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think it's very, I mean, she's not shy about what she believes about racism. But what I'm saying is that you can expect mm. that you can, ex- I, what it propagates is not necessarily an overall general concern for mm. what is good and moral. But what's but going when on it is appropriate at the moment. Right. Well, and she's right. Like, I completely agree. Like, posting a black box on right. Instagram is absolutely not enough. And it's this is kind of the easy believism of our era, which right. is like, it's very easy to post the right thing and say the right thing. And that's if that's all you're engaging in, then that is a problem. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, of course, she would say that you and I are racists. Right. Uh, so. Right. I don't really care what she has to say on the topic. Right. Yep. You know? Yeah. Don't nope, totally get it. All right. Well, so, um, something that I didn't actually anticipate, I didn't think that I was going to cover until... I was looking into her, which is kind of just where all this, every single episode comes back to, um, is a very specific kind of content that is all over social media. I would say it is a big percentage of what 
is contained by social media. Um, and that is just sadness. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. And okay. um, so you're talking about this woman who is very successful, talented. I'm not even going to say in my opinion, she's talented. Like she's, yeah, she's legitimately talented singer and she can play the flute. The girl's classically trained yeah. musician. Um, Most of us are not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she's successful. She believes all the right things in our culture. She's on the right side of history, according to her. Um, and she, on a daily basis, is works on herself. Um, and yet there is this total undercurrent where just every once in a while you see it. And she's she's very open about it, which is another thing. That's another um, influential part of the fourth wave is is um it's not just like openness about sexuality it's openness about loving your sin right yeah so like if you are perfect exactly as you exist sin and all that means that you can't you shouldn't keep it private because society would tell you to keep your undesirable parts private um so in a weird way she's lauded for this kind of thing but I have to bring it up because, I mean, we dis- we disguise it as a mental health epidemic, chemical imbalances, trauma responses. Um, but no matter what, um, like, it doesn't matter how much the fourth waiver is feeling herself. Um, and it doesn't matter how much she talks about deconstruction and positive self-talk. It just always comes back to this. This is what it always comes back to for the feminist and the person that rejects God. Um, so here's a few TikToks of hers. The second one. You're talking, are you talking, you're talking about depression? Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. And this is a person. Okay. Anyway, I'm just going to read her own words. Okay. She says, hi, my name is Lizzo and I have nothing poignant or poetic to say except for that. I am effing sad wow. and I'm confused by everything, by everyone, by everything. And I don't know what to do. Everything. I don't know what to do about everything. Wow. Um, the other one I wrote down was, hey, I'm just logging on to say you can be the coolest, most richest person ever. And it doesn't buy you effing happiness. Money doesn't buy you happiness. Fame only puts magnifying glass on the stuff, which she says uses another word. Um, you already have and if that stuff is effed up you're going to have all you're going to have is magnified effed up stuff mm. anyone who has internal issues any type of self problems that they need to work out work out now because money fame or success this was huge for me or even getting older doesn't really fix that stuff wow you got to do the work do the inner work because that stuff follows you like an effing ghost. Wow. Yeah. Well, again, she has some very accurate observations. Right. Uh, I don't doubt the legitimacy of her feelings yeah. when she says stuff like that. Well, and I've been thinking a lot about, I think that we are a generation that is addicted to sadness and what I mean by that is not just that I'm not saying anybody loves it necessarily 
But what I am saying is because we don't know how to escape it, be, like she doesn't, follows you like a ghost, right. blah, blah, blah. She's, she has well, fame, money, her, everything. Well, and even her, but even her work, like do the work, like do yeah. the inner work. But she's talking about what you're talking about is time. So doing the work over time until you start feeling better. This is a lot of her body positivity stuff too. Like if you feel right. bad about yourself, sometimes Talk it takes yourself out of it. It takes time. Yeah. But she even says money, fame, or success, or even getting older doesn't fix it. Right. And so it's like, it, it's, it's not that pe- I don't think I'm not saying that necessarily Lizzo or anybody wants to be sad, but rather, because life is hard and life is sad, they're not willing to do the work or put in the time. Mm-hmm. And of course, the work that she would recommend is not going to help at all. The body positivity right. movement does not help. Right. Um, the things, the anti-racism work is not going to help. Ultimately, what we all need is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and to her, the problem, the problem isn't like... That cure is such a non thing for her because the problem would never even lead right. her to there as a cure. Right. Because a part of the cure for her is rampant sin. Right. Like more and sin. And the acceptance of perversion, even. Right. Like, but she. Stuff that the, God has never been okay with. <laughs> well, this is like, this is again, it's like the book I was mentioning where people know there's a problem, mm-hmm. they can observe true things about the problem. Right. But the. The diagnosis, what they name the problem, these things are off. But it's really image of God that's like, yeah. And doesn't it tell you something that all these people that are promoting the kinds of things that she's promoting, they're not any happier. They're not any healthier. They're not doing any better. Mm -hmm. Even if they reach the height of fame and influence, they're still sad. Well, and she spends a lot of her content is even like working out. She, I mean, she really, I think... Like she's strong. She works mm, out. She mm. and she eats like a particular way. Mm. That's what a lot of her content is. Mm. Um, and so she like, <laughs> in a way, because she's rich and successful, mm. she has time to do the work, yeah. and it's still not working. It's still not working, right? That the work that she's recommending is not saving right. her from the sadness. But I do think even just, I think, uh, moms. I think Christians. I think women. Yeah, in particular. It's so, are so unlike self controlled, yeah, emotionally. Oh yes, that we make excuses mm-hmm. for our impatience, for our sadness, for, um, yeah, just our lack of self control, our mm-hmm. lack of kindness, our lack of gentleness, yep. our lack of forbearance and long suffering, and um, when people observe that life is sad. They're not lying. There are many things that are sad in the right. world. Um, that's not wrong. But the question is, like, what do you do in response to the gift that you've been given in Christ? And right. what what does Lizzo do in response to the fact that she knows that she's broken? Mm-hmm. Uh, she digs in. She doubles right. down. Right. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's – we – Christians have no excuse. Right. For doubling down. Right. Um, or for staying kind of addicted to their sadness and for that being the thing that you spend the most of your time right. contemplating. Right. And I, yeah, I think it's just very easy. It's, and it's important to keep in mind 
how easy it is to find someone to tickle your ears. Yeah. Because that is, I mean, I picked, so I picked Lizzo, but the reason I picked her is because she represents yeah something that we see all around us. And what we see all around us is the fourth wave of feminism. I mean, some people might say it's the fifth, but you know. Yeah, whatever. We're not doing five. No. <laughs> no. So, I mean, like, this is basically what we're looking at is just like wide the widespread embrace of right. conventional dogma i mean it's the theology it's a religion certainly um and and i mean we've decided like what have we decided is moral and good and lovely right is whatever it is we need to see it looping every 15 seconds Mm -hmm. in 15 second increments Mm -hmm. we need to see like some of it's not even that intelligent Mm -mm. it's not it's not um it's not like well written it's not even written it's just the self the outpouring of self well you know what it is is its example the greatest teacher is example and i think Lizzo, well, she's selling Lizzo is knows her life. That. Yeah, she's... that's what an influencer is. Yeah, is someone who sells their whole life. Yeah. That's why they take pictures of the clothes they wear and they tell the you what they're they eating. Eat. It's all about how they. But we live. learn best by example, right? And that's exactly why this is so influential. That's mm-hmm. exactly why mothers have such an important job because right. we learn best by example. Yes. And your kids are going to act like you. I just, I told you earlier, like. If your kids are annoying, it's your fault. Right. And what I mean by that is that at least minimally, it's your responsibility to deal with. Right. But your kids, by and large, behave like you. Right. They behave like you do. Of course, sin is sin. Yeah. But you're responsible to address that. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Like, if you legitimately just believe that your kids are super annoying and obnoxious and unruly... Where did they learn that from? Right. Because the answer is you. Well, and if the answer is social media, then it's still you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If they learned it from social media, it's you. If they learned it from the kids that they spend the majority of their day with, <laughs> you're responsible for that too. Because you choose where your kids spend their time for the most part, you know. Right. And that's why social media is huge. Because right. th- calling them influencers is absolutely correct. Yes. And how do you influence? By example. This is the kind of influence <coughs> that feminism wanted all along. Mm-hmm. We just needed the vehicle. And now we have it. Yep. And we yeah. are we are the saddest we've ever been. And the most discontent we've ever been. And the most divorced we've ever been. And the most, the most suicidal we've, we've ever, ever been. been. Yes. And it's... The most overweight we've ever been. Right. The most unhealthy we've ever been. Mm-hmm. I guess there's there's a lot of application you can take from that. But yeah. moral of the story, Christians ought to be busy leading by example, right. not busy being influenced by those kinds of right. examples. Right. And unfortunately, I think just too many of us are. Yep. I heard someone today say that by their estimate, there are 50, five, zero faithful churches left in America. That are leading the fight. And you know, listen, I'm not selling that statement as something that I know is also true. This person believes it's true. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Whatever. I don't have a head count. 
But here's the deal. If that's true, like there's 50 alive and well fighting, growing, growing, faithful churches left in our nation, like that's more than we deserve. That's more light than we deserve. Um, It wouldn't even surprise me to be completely honest with you. Uh, but I don't know. It's just something to think about. Like, is your church leading by example? Like a question I have is like, are you attending a church that tickles your ears? Yeah. Are you going to a church? It, that the tickles verse your ears? says they will not endure sound doctrine. It's not the church is the only option is not sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. And so the church, the only churches close to me are this and this, right? The verses will not endure it. Right. <laughs> and the thing is, is sound doctrine leads to sound living and i know many people that are in churches that i know faithful christians that are in churches who they don't have anything to do with their communities around them they don't engage in evangelism they the women aren't engaged in hospitality and what are we doing well you know in those churches you can find people that know a lot about what's on netflix Mm mm-hmm and what's on TikTok and just Lord have mercy on all of us. Yeah. And you can change that. You can start in your own home. Right. Um, you can start in your own neighborhood. You can attend a, a faithful church. I understand if this guy's right and there's only 50, that right. might make it really hard. Right. <laughs> I'm seriously not living or dying by that number at all. But right. moral of the story, you have more influence than you think you do. Uh, you just, you just do, you don't have to have Lizzo's following. Like, right. You really don't, but you have, how many followers do you have? Yeah. I don't know. Four now five. Uh, yeah. Five. <laughs> hey, hopefully, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, what are you going to do with that influence? Mm-hmm. Cause that one lasts through time. Well, and even like there's, there's good things on TikTok. Oh yeah. But the point is, is. I have so, listen, the only time I've ever made good homemade meatballs was because, was because of, of a TikTok, TikTok recipe. recipe. <laughs> well, and there's like some, like, there's some Christian people on there that are yeah. taking on arguments and things like that. Yeah, there are. Um, but the I think the point I'm trying to make yeah. a little bit is just that social media takes an immense amount of um, discipline and self-control mm. because it is so influential. And it's so predominantly influential in one particular kind of way. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying everyone on TikTok is a fourth wave feminist, but a <laughs> no. lot of them are. <laughs> sure. A lot of them are. And um, yep. that's just, that's, that's how it is. If, and you know, if your kids are going to learn to be disciplined and self-controlled when it comes to the world and their interactions with the world, they're going to have to learn that from you. <laughs> They can't learn it from, they can't learn it on the fly um, as they wade through all the stuff on Mm -hmm. TikTok because it's insane. Mm -hmm. It's insane what's on there. It is insane. (laughs) Like, it sounds crazy, but Lizzo is actually pretty light compared to a lot of the influencers. Mm -hmm. Um, We're talking witchcraft. Obviously, we're talking about the huge huge instances of people 
um, questioning sexuality, transgender, non-binary, asexual, people changing identities day to day. Yeah, I know. Um, well, and I think a lot of people, never mind, I don't really need to talk about TikTok, but <laughs> moral of the story is if you don't want your kids influenced by the fourth wave, they can't be on social media. Right. That's just all there is to it. Right. I think you've made a great case mm-hmm. for why that is. Um, hopefully what I talked about last week would be another great right. reason. Um, you will, you will lose your children. Yes. To the world. It is undeniable. The it, traction yeah. that social media has in people's lives. It is it's undeniable. No. No. Uh, you will lose your children to the world if they uh, have a smartphone. That's all. There, that's period. I don't. And sorry. I don't care what you've put on it. There. And I'm not saying your 16 year old with a smartphone who's been baptized isn't going to grow up and be a Christian anymore. But there are ways that you will lose them that you ought not. Mm hmm. Um, there will things that they, there are things and ways that they will be influenced that you should protect them from. Right. Because that is your calling as mm-hmm. a parent. Um, I don't care how mature you think they are. Uh, but you will lose them to the world in ways that you are not prepared for. I've seen it happen many times. I have had many mothers, friends come to me and be like, hey, my daughter's into this thing now. And I don't think it's right, but she thinks it's not a big deal. Like, what do I do? And essentially what you're doing in that moment is you as the parent are in a disagreement with social media, which has captured your child's heart. It is not neutral. It is not benign. um, And you really can't underestimate it and i would just really encourage you not to the end <laughs> there we go Da-da-da-da-da. we did it oh, we're done. okay that was my fourth wave feminist <sighs> i do not follow lizzo i have no plan no. on following lizzo no. she really she's really nude Ugh. all the time i don't want it i don't all want the time. that in my life and no all one should be no one should be time. doing that on has, the internet. It has nothing to do with the fact that she has a certain body type. Nope. It has nothing to do. I don't want to see any of it. With the color of her skin. I don't want to see you in a bathing suit. Anyone. When I say you, it's the right. it's that grammatical you. Mm-hmm. Much less twerking. <laughs> Much less any of that. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, I'll leave us a voicemail at four seven zero. Four six five zero four seven five, and we will see you next week. See ya. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye